Welcome to Palantir Stories. In this podcast, we speak with entrepreneurs and creatives living and succeeding in Bali. I'm your host, Shayla Mann. Hi, uh, we have today um, an amazing architect that we are very lucky to have in Bali called Alexis Tornier. Tornier, is that how you pronounce it? Yes, that's <laughs> More is that how? Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, it's Donnie. However, you yeah, it's you know, it's supposedly French, um, but uh, you know, people just say however they want to say it, so it's fine. Just how you did say it. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> um, so I don't know if if you haven't people haven't heard of you. You are, I think one of the most uh, interesting architects um, right now. And you just have such, like you're really kind of just beginning and you have such a bright future ahead of you. I, I, that's what, that's my feeling. Like this is just the beginning for you and it's going to have such a long lasting career um, for the stuff that I've seen so far. Um, and I just wanted to know, a little bit more about you actually I wanted to know I know you're German um, but I kind of want to know how did you ended up here in Bali yeah it was actually a, um, a coincidence or if, if, if you believe in that so I helped a friend a really dear friend of mine a couple of years ago and, and he wanted to build his sort of family getaway uh, here in Bali And so I, I was never really keen on, on, on going to Bali. I, I, I was in Berlin and I had my, my design studio there by the time and I was really happy there to be in such a vibrant city. And uh, so I had no sort of expat desires of, of leaving stuff behind. But then I, I sort of stranded here or, or came here for a couple of weeks and then I immediately sort of yeah fell in love with with the people and with the climate and and everything in the culture you know and, and bali has so much of that to offer and and that was like oh you know what maybe i can i can just um you know set foot here and then other people started reaching out and were asking for help and and then sort of little by little actually like quite Quite immediately, um, there was a lot of demand here uh, because not many people seem to have been here by the time uh, in, in terms of architects. So, it, so I was I was lucky. I, I, I found myself in a place where there's not much competition, I guess. Um, so that's the story in a, in a nutshell. And then I did a, a two-year period. Um, Of, of just trying out things. I had my studio still in, in Berlin. And then after, after I think two or three years, I decided, you know what, let's just relocate entirely. Let's commit here and, and yeah, and try to build something with, with the people here. You, you did a stint in New York as well, is that right? Yes, I, I, during my studies, I did a couple of internships. Uh, I went to New York for about three years. And then I worked for uh, Asymptote and, and OMA 
uh, and uh, that later turned into Rex. So, you know, these are these were really interesting offices uh, with their with a very specific agenda and and, and very sort of avant-gardistic um, sort of way of doing architecture. So I was very fascinated by that. And New York for me was an incredibly productive time. And, and I think I learned a lot and, and worked a lot. And um, and then I returned back to Berlin. And that must have been in 2006. And then I, work, and then I finished my studies. And in, in 2009, did my thesis there. And I graduated uh, you know, as an as a, um, engineer. Uh, and And yeah then stayed there a couple of more years. And then in 2013, I came to Bali to switch the, st the studio to, yeah. Um, you have quite a distinctive point of view in architecture. Um, and I think it's almost people are starting to recognize it when they see it, which is incredible uh, because it's not an easy thing um internationally i think as an architect to have the chance first of all to have the chance to have that point of difference to be able to express that point of difference um did you is that come from that internship you did in in new york where you learn all that um quite distinctive kind of architecture or is that anything from you Well, I think we're ultimately we're the product of, of, of all everything that we're being exposed to, you know, way beyond architectural design. And, you know, it's the people and it's the surrounding and it's the culture and uh, family and so many other factors that ultimately shape of how you see the world and how you express that through whatever medium that you are confident in or that you would try to explore. In, in my case, it is mostly architecture. However, architecture is, um, is only the result of, of something, some thinking actually, and, and an opinion and an attitude about a certain topic or task. So uh, I think that some of this way of doing architecture comes from in parts from from um, OMA and Rem Kolas of, of sorry postponing the moment of design uh, to to an extent to the very last like 20% of the time that you commit to an architectural project so you're not um, in the beginning you're you're just trying to com comprehend what what this task and this uh, problem or this thing that you want to solve is all about so you're you're investing enough time in and in, in, in doing some research and understanding the context and understanding the client and the opportunities uh, of the place and uh, and many other factors and then you organize them and, and group them and then without falling into sort of a premature um sort of response to to what you think is pretty or beautiful or what you think is in style or in trendy 
So you try to resist that urge uh, as long as possible and, and, and therefore focusing on ideas first and then let the, the architecture be the response to that idea. And, and I think that's why, you know, the architecture we do can be looking very different from project to project because we have this freedom to, to not um, having to remain a certain style or, you know, we're not building our brand based on how something looks. We're, I'm trying to sort of investigate of how to progress as a, first of all, as a human being and then in, in, in a further consequence as, as a designer. So I'd like to be surprised by every project and by myself on how I can react to a new context, you know, and sort of giving up the old paradigm every time. So we're, you know, it's this kind of interest and this curiosity and, and, you know, being the investigator of, of, of the limits of your mind and then sort of use every project as an opportunity to push a little bit more further beyond your own taste and beyond your own what you think is cool or works, you know, or is the perfect recipe to make someone happy. You know, you go beyond that. You, you explore because obviously the, you know, our taste is governed by what we find comfortable and what we find comfortable is, is what we know. And we're very uncomfortable with, the, what, uh, with what we don't know. But actually, in what we don't know, that's the exciting part, right? So, it's, it's, and I feel our architecture is a is for me. You know, I'm I'm blessed to have this opportunity to to work with people together to explore this. And it's you say all this, and that makes me think. It's a, it's always well. I guess the the beauty is in the challenge. A lot of it that's where you get the most gratification is from challenging um, your creativity and pushing the boundaries and pushing the signs and also making timeless. I think, I feel like a lot of your, at least the one that I, that I have the pleasure to shoot, which is river house. I found that it's very, obviously very modern, but I also find it incredibly timeless as well. Uh, I, I can feel that it could stand there for another 100, 150 years and people will still have the same reaction that I had when I walked in. You know, it, it's very, it's a, you know, you, you see all those big, you know, designers and architects from all times, from the 1900s to the 1950s to now, and those buildings that those architects have created, they have than the test of time because they were simple and modern and it just, it's just had that, um, I, I can't even, I don't even know how to express what I want to say. There's something about it and I, I can't point, point my, my finger to it. What is it that made it so special? But I think it's a combination of a lot of different things. Uh, but that's what I feel like <clears throat> in this house. It's, it's completely also time, like super modern, but equally timeless. Um, mm. And sorry, going back to the challenging part, what I wanted to say to you was 
if you were to stay in Berlin, the challenges that you have you would have have encountered in Germany would have been pretty much similar because you, in general you're dealing with German people in Germany. But here, being in Bali, which just has such a cosmopolitan uh, community, you're dealing with clients of all different kinds of backgrounds in lots of different locations. You're dealing in the coast, you're dealing in rice fields, and you're dealing in the mountains. So the, the challenges, um, the geographical channels are completely, completely different, but also personality challenges will be very different. And cultural challenges will be very different. Is that something that excites you when you, when you design um, the house? Is it something that drives you a little bit, that the cultural difference? Yeah, I think the, you know, everyone sees the world in, 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 in a very serious way, you know, because we think that, how we see it is is how 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 it is how reality is you know and it gets exciting because everyone has like a like a different view on that and and then sometimes you meet so-called like-minded people that have a similar world view but it's not the same right and then sometimes you meet people that you sh you think you have a similar <clears throat> um sort of argumentative ground or base of communication but then as the collaboration evolves you know you find out that it's not the same what you're talking about it's like in in every relationship right you think you think you're talking about the same thing but you act in fact aren't because you perceive the color in a very different way and you perceive the word and the meaning of the word in a very different way or how something or someone looks at you or what this facial expression is yes we have sort of similarities in the in this uh, we can say if someone is you know angry or or happy but there is so many subtle nuances in 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 there that and they are definitely different that's what we know so when when engaging with a in a collaboration with 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 other people uh, with clients um, that i really see more as team members uh other you know rather than just clients so instead of working for people i like to work with them and actually really establish a a, a mutual base or like some mutual understanding uh for each other in in this time that we're doing stuff together so it's it's definitely a challenge and it's very exciting and it's probably as exciting as the as the outcome of of the architecture itself and you can <clears throat> see you know the more successful the outcome the more sort of successful the communication was you know or the level of trust was the mutual trust uh, was and the less trust and the more controlling and the more fear and the more anxiety in a project was the less likely you know it sort of drained its energy down mm -hmm. and still you know you accept these things and you still bring a project home most of the time yeah and um, but you can see you know you land at 60 percent or 70 percent of the of the of the 
you know, possible um, outcome or the pe best possible outcome, um, as opposed to 80, 90 or 100 or sometimes even above 100%. It really depends on, on uh, to an extent also on the match of people. How would you, would you say that when you work, for example, when you're working in Germany as an architect and now when you're working in Bali as an architect, has something apart from obviously the cultural development in Bali, is it a different experience altogether or is it the same? Well, <clears throat> you know, the, there's different challenges and there's, you know, being an architect, I think wherever you are is always like quite a quite a challenge, because it's a very complicated thing. A lot of elements come together: people, interests, expectations, emotions. It's it's something, you know, between a service providing industry and 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 an artistry, you know, and these these worlds clash and and sometimes are very hard to to inter entangle or intertwine. So I think every architect, wherever they are, have this struggle. You know, it's just a, a matter of um, where, you know, what you find in these specific, in, in this, in the specific region, let's say, I guess in the West or in Europe or in the States, you, you have a lot of um, regulation and you have a lot of sort of resistance on that end, but then you have, when it comes up to to contractors or the the how reliable your collaborator collaborators are, you know you have a lot more freedom and you lot you know because you share sort of a, a, a more similar common ground of understanding. And when you work here, you know it seems like everything is possible, but the biggest struggle is then how do you transpose new ideas into a built environment and you know, how patient can you be and how much can you control your emotions because it's something very personal, right? And you see this object being built or starting to be built and, you you know, it's very easy to get angry over something that you're very emotional about. And, you know, it's because architecture is, it's a passion and it's something that's very personal, very close to one's feelings and emotions. And then, you know, you see it being sort of transposed by people and by contractors and, you know, they may have misunderstood you or they have a different opinion about quality or time or budget or, you know, name it. And it's, it's exciting to observe one's own reactions on there because ultimately no one cares if you get angry or not except yourself, right? And then the more angry you get... I can't imagine you seeing angry. <laughs> What's that? I can't imagine you seeing you angry. You're like so calm usually. Well, well the, the, I think I met you once or twice. I can't remember now. But you seem so together and so calm. I cannot imagine you, you getting <laughs> super angry at anybody. I mean, it... You know, I, I have my challenges and, and I feel, you know, I feel every, whatever everyone else is feeling, but I, I, I've, I've come to the realization that if I, if I get um, angry, it, then, you know, it's not the best for myself. And, you know, the consequences are, are much worse than just kind of like 
picking a type of language that that brings stuff across in a rational manner and and not in this, this sort of emotional um, uh, way. So, but I but I had to learn this because you know there were times where where I I really couldn't sleep because it was raining into roofs and there was like terrible mistakes. Uh, you know, being done, and, and you know, you think you have these existential fears, and 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 all that stuff, um, and and you know, what are people thinking? How do they judge you? How do they, what do they think of you? And these things, of course, you know, you have to go through that, and for a little while to realize that, you know, you can't make it right for everyone, and you can only be very true to yourself and act from a place of you know, um, compassion and, and ultimately, you know, uh, everyone can feel if, if you're seriously interested in, in them and in, in, uh, in the piece of architecture in the project. And I feel everyone that's working with, with us and, and me and this team, they feel this. And, and so this is how we spend our lifetime, right? We don't spend our lifetime, you know, making money. We spend our lifetime being with people and in doing something and contributing to the architectural discourse and, and you know, try to make beautiful buildings and and this is what we're we're trying to do. And and we're doing that in in a way that is sort of serving more, you know, the the collaborative the effort, the the more sort of the good vibe. In a in a nutshell, than you know, trying to fight for something. So, and I feel that helps a lot, and that keeps me safe. You you seem quite. Um, I don't I don't really like this word because it's very broad. But you seem quite a, a spiritual person. Uh, I don't know what else how to say it, but you know, you're really introspective. Um, and is this something that has come up? This is my, my observation. I don't know if it's true or not, just for, from just hearing, hearing you talk. And, and you're always very calm and collected and very grounded. And, you know, there's a lot of people that are not like that in Bali and the world, and especially someone like you that is very successful, very well regarded. Uh, but from other people, everyone speaks super highly of you. And when I met you, super, you know, like a really, you get a really beautiful vibe from you. Um, do you think, is this who you always been or has this been brought up after coming to Bali? This, this sense of calmness and just, yeah, inward uh, calmness that then you project outwardly. Well, definitely Bali is like energetically like an exceptional place. And I've been to places in the world where that had been similar, but um, I feel here definitely there is just the general mood, especially in the sort of vernacular uh, culture and, and, you know, just how people are here. Uh, it has an influence, I think, of all of us that live here. Because 
just the concept on life is a very different one as as back in the west so people are you know much less in a rush they're more focusing on on sort of family values and tradition and sort of repetition of of what's known and and therefore time is not so relevant also you know as people are not so afraid of death because the concept of dying is not is is not the same as in the west where we're we're trying to actually avoid the unavoidable um so you i think there's a there is a common just like aura atmosphere here here in bali that that you can use to think about the topics of which i started mentioning and, and of course you know you get the over amplification up in ubud in this sort of mecca for spiritual people you know whoever has uh, had a problem or will have a problem can can go there and get find, seek revelation and but you know and there is a lot of you know i'm sure a lot of hopes and a lot of um um a lot of fashion and a lot of trend spirituality happening uh, a lot of, uh, sort of semi-professional speakers and, and and stuff but anyway to i think it for me it definitely i mean i was always interested in the limitations of my of of how i see things or let's say interested in the experience in the human experience I was trying to to and and that's probably through my parents or like yeah i was always very interested in in trying to actually observe myself while while i'm doing whatever it is that i'm doing because i think it it matters very much of of why you do the things you know instead of just being entangled in your experience and you just like you know it goes up and down and left and right you know whatever the world or whatever life presents you in this time so i was i was interested in, in to what extent you know there may be another another way of of looking at things and yes through friends and and books and podcasts and and, and things i've i've probably a couple of years ago started to be interested in learning how to learn and to see your limitations and to see your and when you see your limitations it's easy for you to progress and advance and because you stop taking yourself so seriously and i think that you know the stage for me mostly is is the architectural stage but it can be in every sort of shape or form and it's it's in any relationship it's in, with friends it's it's um it's in a business relationship it's just um you know how do you see problems and challenges and and you know pleasure and pain and how do you how can you deal with all that stuff so i i'm very interested in in, in that uh and then of course yeah this it has absolutely an impact on your immediate surrounding i would say sort of the the more and and it's interesting for me to choose sort of instead of efficiency you know how can i get more hours out of the day or how can i you know work more harder to achieve things uh, faster and it was more like how can i be really effective and i think you can be most effective by by you know 
building a team and and first of all you know building a team with with curiosity and and with with good spirits essentially and and you know every every one of those team members you know wants to be where they wherever they are and rarely they see it as a job and mostly they see it as you know how they spend their lifetime and there's a big difference between the two and i tell this every person that wants to work or or, or is, is walking in the studio it's like you know this is not you know you're not working for me this is not a job this is a, an opportunity to to value your lifetime uh, in a way that it serves you and you only and you know be here if you want to be here and 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 take as much as you can so you can then do whatever it is you want um so i think you can optimize the output on so many levels and i think that it's you can also get in, in a really good idea in half an hour not in six hours and it's just you know to an extent how you can actually control your mind and how you can really know what you want and you know reflecting back on the time in new york where we worked like all night long through the night through the weekends just like working really really hard and and that was nice for me by the time to to find my own limits and but then i said if i ever have a chance to open a studio myself then then i would like to find a different way of of cultivating a, a proper work ethic and environment and i think all those guys and people that are working can feel that and that's why of course the output is i would say very high um compared to to the the hours that we spent on the work and uh i think that's a good thing because you know it, it's it's not also just only architecture oh yeah yeah many industries are the same and yeah and i know architects are very hard working in general and i could i could imagine i'm i'm glad you said that about new york because i could imagine it would have been a completely opposite experience of what being an architect in bali um is uh you know working long hours to push 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 you know but does it have the same results probably you, you can be just as efficient actually stopping having a good time where that is going surfing or meditating or spending time with your wife uh or you know whatever without having to do those crazy like always sometimes there are times where you have to work hard and that's fine you know we all have to do that once in a while but not that as a way not to choose that as a way of life to choose the other bit as a way of life and well sometimes you do have to do that extra hard uh, yards but it's no way of living eventually you end up burning out having a stroke you know <laughs> 40 or 50 because your body just can't handle that sort of lifestyle yes very true and i think that that that's kind of like what everyone's probably struggling with or not or seeing now you know these the self-help and, and mindfulness and all these things is, is very um on, very much on walk right now and wherever you are but 
we still perceive that you know working hard is is um is the way to to do things and 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 i believe that you know there's a difference between you know working diligently and working hard you know because if you if you are doing and if you're if you can concentrate on something very diligently and 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 if you if you train yourself to 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 be very focused then you know you you're becoming very effective and and that's that's what i think the big difference uh, is and i'm still exploring and uh, yeah so there's a nev- there's never an end to it no of course w- was it something for you obviously you've done the internship in new york that was pretty intense and you went to berlin and i'm sure you were probably i don't know working at that level but probably working you know differently to how you do things now was there um, a turning point where your life you decided you know what it's just this is not the way was there something that made a switch within you I thought of like the life or was it coming to Bali and then realizing oh, hold on there's another way yeah I mean I've we've been always putting a lot of hours into this stuff so that i was never short on this and i was never trying to cut corners and, and even now um you know it it's always there's a lot of time dedicated to to what i do um and but there was never a point of like a burnout or, or something oh my god i have to change i was just more curious you know and i see people you know learning at a faster pace than others and it it it's interesting for me to to realize you know what those people are doing differently right so how come some people are you know they take initiative they are capable to question their own sort of paradigm or status quo they know how to learn they they learned at some point how to learn and you know what are how are these people behaving how are they you know what are they doing what kind of lifestyle do they have and and that's what interested me a lot so i of course started actually very late um couple of years ago only started listening to podcasts and reading books and blink lists and you know just kind of making it a, a daily ritual to expose myself to something that i don't know yet and not because it's trendy not because it's chic but actually because it trains a part of your brain that allows you to then see things very differently and so once you get the gist of that it's very easy actually everything becomes very easeful and you know whenever you d- don't know something you you'll find it out or find out a fraction and you ask people and you progress and you advance and you and as stupid as it sounds or simple as it sounds you know you can google things and it took me a while uh, to to really understand what that means you know if you have a if you're able to formulate a question that you have for yourself or for something it's very easy to find the answer but you just have to do have to do the act of the asking the question yeah and 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 if you're delusional and if you don't know or if you're like 
you know, in the aversion or like in principle, like sort of more um, passive towards, you know, if you feel more threatened by, by your environment, this gets very difficult and very hard to do, uh, you know, um, as opposed to when you're sort of more the greedy type or the person that wants to know stuff and wants to get things, um, then it's easier because these people are kind of, they're like, okay, you know, I, I, I would like this and how can I get there? And what, how come, you know, this works well and this doesn't, you know, sort of the investigative mind and mm -hmm. the curious mind, you know, is something that can be learned. And as opposed to the stagnant mind that just accepts everything that is and doesn't really, you know, question anything. And then on the contrary, fights everything that doesn't fit in, in, in one's worldview. So I think tolerance um, is, is something that helps a lot in the job. You know, tolerance toward people, and tolerance toward your own limitations is, is something that makes a good designer because you know, then, then you're able to really see and evaluate and then, and progress. Do you, do you critique your own work? Um, are you, are you very critical of your work or do you, once you finish something and you said, you let it go? I think there's a constant criticism in, in the work. And then I think criticism is something super valuable. And it doesn't mean that it's bad or, or or that someone is in a bad mood, but you know, to critic be able to, or actually to to develop the ability to critically reflect on one's own work um, and one's own design is uh, is absolutely crucial to kind of push push your own boundaries, right? So uh, we do that a lot and uh, with each other and and um, me with myself and and I I. I am, when we were in university, it was a big struggle for me to accept criticism from professors or other people, you know, because you simply wouldn't, you, I simply didn't, hadn't learned it yet to take criticism constructively, right? Mm -hmm. And I remember I was so pissed off and I was like, because I had worked for something for so hard and I put all my emotions and my heart and my blood, sweat and tears into something and then someone you know, can crush it. Um, and in, in that very second, you're not interested in the actual truth or in the actual opinion of that person, but you're just more busy and trying to lick your wounds. And, and that you see, you can see that everywhere and you can see that. Um, and I think this capacity and the ability to allow different worldviews and without taking it personal, um, or you know, taking it constructively and not being triggered—that also makes a good designer. I think and that makes good design. I think also the accept. I think the the acceptance of criticism. It also comes with maturity and maturity in your line of work. In your, you know, the amount of work you've done. So you've known now. You've done so many projects. You're like, okay you accept the criticism because you're like, okay, yeah, either you're right or no, actually I'm doing this because of this, you know? So you, right. you have something to back yourself up for, whether it's uh, positive or mm -hmm. negative, it doesn't matter. But you now 
having acknowledged, I think, to, to accept that criticism as valid or to say, actually, not this or, or to explain your reasoning for doing certain things. And I think when you're young and you're studying or you're just studying out, you still haven't built that level of knowledge and that level of experience to fully understand your decisions. So when someone criticizes you, you're also like, ah, you don't like it, why? <laughs> you know, you just get angry, but you don't really have the knowledge and experience to explain why you do the things you do. Right, I think that's one part. Um, but, you know, the other part is also like, you know, how self-confident um, are you and where does your self-confidence come from? And, and I can't really say that I've had self-confidence all my life, you know, and, and in certain situations, I still don't have it, right? So it's just a matter of, you know, how familiar are you with the concept of, of being able to uh, accept your emotions you know even when when somebody says something very hurtful or or somebody you know a client completely misunderstands your good intentions uh, and you just don't understand the world you know how can you deal with this and 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 how can you actually put a bit of a distance and difference between you know the, this emotion and 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 your what you you know, call yourself. And I, like, there's a methodology behind that and there's a, like, call it tricks or, the, or insight or, you know, some kind of awareness for it. Yeah. And that is what essentially then changes everything. So you, you know, because everything's, a lot of these <clears throat> things are, you know, a lot of the despair and a lot of the, the difficult situations we have in our lives are born out of you know misunderstandings and you know we thought we talked about the same thing but we didn't you know and i felt you didn't hear this there and you were busy doing that you know and instead of like talking about it we're kind of busy defending our worldview and then of course things clash if you have two of the kind uh, together that then just add to the spark of it and I've, I've, in 99.9% .9 of all clients I've had, you know, we were always, no matter how tricky it got, we, there was always a way out. You know, there's always like this maturity of saying, you know, let's, let's sit together and let's just work this out, you know, um, because our common, we have a common interest actually mm -hmm. in a very, very rare case that, that wasn't, wasn't able to happen but uh it it, it yeah for the major part it, it does work but I, I think it, it's it's very important what you're saying i think um because i was actually writing an article yesterday and i was just thinking how architects they need to be extremely good listeners i think if you if you're a really good architect you're also a really good listener um because you need to really and a good communicator as well um it's not just about doing something beautiful and there you go you know you're communicating with the client constantly communicating with your with all the other um workers the builders the landscapers the interior designers the lighting specialists um so it's it's, it's not only about 
obviously making beautiful buildings, but it's also about how you communicate and how you listen also to your client and to also the other people that work with you when they said, look, we cannot do this, you know, because there's people that said, they say, you can't do this. Sometimes, yes, you can. And they say, they're not, they, they, you can't, but sometimes you cannot do it, you know, and some people push that and then they get burned because they didn't listen. So, and I think probably now talking to you, I have a feeling that's one of, apart from you being incredibly talented, one of your strengths is the communication aspect. You are a, a very good listener, but also a really good communicator. Um, this is the feeling that I have. Do you think that that contributes to your success? Well, I think, you know, look, you have, uh, aside from all the people that you have mentioned, you also have uh, sort of many different motivations inside, you know, your own persona, call it, you know, the concept of, you know, what constitutes me uh, or Alexis. You know, there's very different persons speaking at very different moments in time, you know, and, and sometimes you know, there's the person that wants to get things done as fast as possible. And then there's someone that wants to make it as beautiful as possible and then efficient, as streamlined and efficient. And then there is surely something, you know, how loud is a piece of architecture? How long does, how, how loud should it be? And what does it say about me as, as the person that sort of suggested this, you know? And so there's a lot of different motivations, a lot of different persons, you know, entangled or kind of unified through what I call myself. So it's even the communication between these different, uh, you know, speakers, you know, that are sitting around this imaginary round table is before they have this debate. And then there's, you know, there's arguments being thrown around, you know, and that's the evaluation. That's the criticism. That's the ability to, to reflect, you know, uh, from many angles and many aspects. And that also cultivates the ability to put myself into, you know, into, into another pair of shoes. And, and um, you know, you can, see, you can see it from a different person's perspective. And I think the more, I think these good architects or good negotiators or musicians or, artists they are able to kind of at least for a short moment they're able to leave their own const, you know constitution and 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 uh, dive into like something that is completely foreign and with distance to to one's own uh, stuff that we've, way. yes so negotiation is is the huge part you know no negotiation everything's a negotiation um, all day long, we were just always, you know, should I do this? Should I do that? And then we're deciding, um, you know, out of different reasons. And that's kind of like just thinking about why we do certain things, why decide, or we can't decide certain things. It says a lot about, you know, of course, about how we've been conditioned and how, how our past, you know, what went down back then in these key situations and um so yeah negotiation and communication is is key because it's a uh, it's the 
investigative um, mind that that helps to 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 yeah to to just put it on the table instead of this sort of diffuse delusionate kind of yeah I sort of I'm in you know I see these people that are kind of acting from a more intuitive so-called intuitive perspective and 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 they sort of rather uncontrolled sort of design eruption uh, or they I, I observe people that are, you know, so caught up in their own paradigm or in their own formal language that they have achieved or in their own kind of, um, yeah, constitution that it's very difficult for them to leave their own, yeah, and progress and, and innovate, mm -hmm. right? So it's nice to kind of like see that and... and um, and and learn from it to, to kind of keep keep going and maybe you go beyond architecture you go you know you do others maybe i do other stuff um someday and and there's nothing there's no no problem in that and because it's always you know back to you know what it, how do you want to spend your your life and and with whom and and um what do you want to create and contribute and sorry, I have so many questions in my head when I'm talking to you. <laughs> I'm like, she's asking him, she's asking that, she have, I want to talk to you for like ever. I'm like, I want to know about <laughs> so many things that I was going to say now that you're about to have a baby. That's going to be at another, a huge, I think it's going to be, for me, having a baby was an incredibly profound experience. Um, and you being quite, in touch with your mind and your emotions, I think you're going to find it uh, quite an, an incredible experience too. And that's going to add another dimension into uh, your current um, way of living, but also into your future. Um, it, will, it will change everything. And, and not just I'm talking as a daily life, you know, you know, you have a baby, you have to feed them, you have to, you know, no, I'm not even talking about that. I'm just talking on a, on a bigger level. It changes everything, everything you thought you wanted, you knew, you thought you would do, you thought you would be, it shatters it. And then you rebuild yourself again. And I, I, I think it's going to be incredible for you to go through it, you know, soon. Um, I would, I would like to talk to you afterwards and see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. This um, something very curious about this whole uh, thing that's coming. So again, it's, it's, it's about the same thing of, of how can you, yeah, like be, be curious and about life because, you know, um, if I wouldn't be, then I, I probably wouldn't have a, a child, you know. And, and and so I'm curious to to find out of what what that is like, you know, because I'd like to ex experience it. And and uh, and of course there'll be challenges on the way, and there are and have been already. Even he's not even born yet. So, but then again, it's like how do you? It's 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 always about how do you relate to what what is seemingly seemingly happening around you, and how can you 
remain your sort of peace in this, you know, even if it's a very uncomfortable situation or very, you know, loud situation or sleepless um, situation, how can you, how can you maintain, you know, a certain level of, of, of groundedness and, and a certain level of, of, of peace? Why? Because you, you, you know, in this, when you stop throwing negative stuff back at something or someone else, I think this is, you know, this is the fundamental question. How can we contribute in a positive way to our surrounding by not, you know, passing on the agitation, by not ad passing on the frustration and aggression and anxiety? Uh, not so much because it's chic, but it's because it will have an immediate impact on your surrounding. And then, of course, there's the karmic response and it's, everything's coming back, you know, one way or another. And I'm not saying it's always possible to keep one's cool, but if you can make it, you know, two times out of three times, it's, it's a good thing, you know, as opposed to always losing your shit over, over everything whenever the slightest event is is occurring that is not you know with your worldview and with your opinion uh, how someone behave or behaves or looks or acts or you know doesn't give you respect or doesn't give you enough or, you know all these kind of crazy ideas that we just have that are enough to to just come completely throw us out of our chi uh, or out of our balance you know and, and um how do you yeah. when, when you design a brooch and talking about questions when do you when you when you suddenly okay you meet someone they say i want this blah, blah, you go back and you start to think so you think do you have certain questions that you always ask yourself that they need to be respected for example um i want to have the less impact into the environment as possible. So certain things that for you are the basis of your your morals. You could say you design morals or whatever you want to call them. Mm -hmm. uh, that you always say, okay, it definitely has to have this. It has to have that. It has to respect this, and it has to have this. Uh, do you have any certain rules of what you always apply to every design? Yeah, there there is this there's some fundamental basis of of, of architectural design um, that are always occurring, and 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 that has to do you know with things like context and site and uh, you know elements like sun, weather, uh, uh, sorry, sun, rain, wind, yeah, earthquakes. Yeah, I'm talking about volcanoes. more like um, the architecture elements that every architect. Mm -hmm has to think about i'm talking more about as a personal thing right if you want to so, or, or you want to in as much as possible in everything you you create well i think that that i'd really you know give it you know my utmost like sincerity every every project and um, has to, for me at least, you know, have a 
a certain level of serious commitment to 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 that relationship so and i think that depth is necessary to to really bring out you know even if it means pressure or 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 intensity it, this is required to bring out something beautiful and i think that if you can do something you know half as good it's just not good enough you know and, and good enough in the sense of of it, it hasn't reached a significance that i would then say you know what this is it's really something i can i could sign off or you know this and then yes sometimes you know things get watered down because you have to make compromises with clients and with yourself or with time or whatever it is but at least that's the starting you know it's like how can we push the status quo how can we push our design skills um how can we look into new materials innovative materials how can we um cultivate materials and and thoughts after all and and how can we distill our thoughts into like a really comprehensive idea you know you have this idea that is just so simple and so pure then then it's like easy to derive architecture or whatever it is from it and and um it that's 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 happening in every in every uh, project and then in order to to find out these things you know you have to sit down and talk to the people and understand what where they are coming from and what their motivations are and you can observe really in great depth of why people are doing what they're doing or why are they wanting what they're wanting you know oftentimes like i don't know call it an entrepreneur or someone that has is a self-made business person you know it may act or react very differently as opposed to someone who's gathered all their cash and now it's time for them to build their dream home you know in a remote island or something or or someone who has has never had a sincere relationship to his money or her money very different so i think to understand where these motivations are coming from is only helping on suggesting certain things and uh, in in the design process so i think that's another another thing that's reoccurring sort of questioning pretty much questioning everything all the time um and not because you know we're neurotic but because we're like i'm just in sincerely interested in in the stuff that's beyond of what i can what i know so um yeah that's how i spent spend my time in these projects how you talked to me you mentioned briefly about your family um your mom and your dad mom and dad i guess um that how they did they evoke a sense of um curiosity for not just for architecture but also the human um self-discovery and human curiosity in general mm -hmm. yeah so I, i i was born in a classic sort of patchwork family my my mother remarried when i was one year old uh 
but I had, yeah, I had a, a really nice sort of relationship to my stepdad and have still have until today. So they have these sort of esoteric concepts and meditation and mindfulness and these things. They brought that to the table by the time it was, uh, yeah, it was very interesting. My father and my mom's an artist and a teacher and my, my stepfather is as well a teacher and a th- couple therapists and, and, um, and my, my dad, he's kind of like, you know, an all round kind of living, I don't know, chaos in a, in a sense of that he, he, he did everything and can do everything. So very creative person, uh, entrepreneur and, and very, very much of, of, of an idol and, and, and very, uh, many fields not in all of them but in 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 very many things so both of them or actually all three of them kind of pursued this sort of level of self-investigation in a different level or in a different way so and and so you you you're always trying to find out you know ultimately who you are and what you should do in in the time that you have uh, available and and they are all doing it in a very different way and in a, in a but equally sincere way and and that's why i i think i have um, somewhat of an advantage because i've i've witnessed like three people in my very close vicinity of you know really reflecting on their own stuff um and yeah so i i guess then there's a there's a nice common middle uh, ground in in there just seeing so not that it was always easy to to grow up in this um in this situation but it kind of shows you again that there's just many ways of seeing things did did architecture come to you was that your first choice when you were young was that what you always wanted to do or, or how did you come to to choose architecture as of right now you know can later change, but <laughs> to the past, I think yeah. right now. Yeah, I was never really, you know, I was never really in touch or in contact with architecture. Um, and, and I could do many things like fairly okay. And I knew I wanted to do something so called creative. So I was looking into, you know, graphic design and, and um, advertisement and things like that. And, and my uncle by the time said, Oh my God, just don't, don't do it because he was, he was in advertising, uh, by the time in the nineties when it was like going off in this industry. And, um, so I was like, Oh, you know, I don't really know. So then I went to Berlin and then I, I did an internship at this uh, sort of communications agency that had clients like Adidas and Smirnoff and, 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 and other commercial uh, brands. And um, so I just, I, I was there for a couple of months and, and then I just quickly found out this, if there's anything that I would ever need to sell, it would have to be something that's coming from me. I could, I could never sell shoes or, or vodka or whatever, you know, it, it would always need to be something that I could completely stand behind. And then out of, it was my aunt actually that, um, that said, "Hey, why don't you, you know, why don't you study architecture?" And 
I was like, yeah, why, why, why not? And <laughs> before I don't do anything, I do that, right? And that was really how it was. It's like, you know, it, you got to do something. So that's how I started architecture. And then I enrolled at the University of, 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 of the Arts in, in Berlin. And then I started dis slowly discovering um, architecture. And, and I don't think it's so much the architecture that I discovered. It's just so much more the discovery of, you know, your own potential and what you can do if you work, you know, hard and then sincerely. And if, you, if, you, if you're in it with a certain intensity, you know, what can you what can you generate? If the heat is strong enough, um, you can make incredible things. And um, so, yeah, I've started taking my studies in, in a very serious way. And that's what I've always done ever since. Like, uh, you know, just going in there with full commitment. If you, if you, if you were to do, you said before, um, Maybe, you know, I might do some other stuff later on in the future. Um, what other things called you? I think most, most immediately would be um, music. So, you know, I play the piano a little bit. And, and um, I think music has a very similar structure to, to architecture and um, you know, storytelling, which essentially architecture is a form of storytelling. So is music and and film and 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 everything else. Pretty much, it, you know, we're we're communicating, like we said before. It's a way of telling a story. That, that and if we're lucky, you know, more than just a few people will will be able to re relate to that story, and that and that then makes something you know more or less successful. And so yeah, I I think there's just you know music and and maybe you know uh, sculpture and and other things that are sort of more utility free, you know, because architecture you you know you have to have a roof on on top of your head and mostly and and, and you have to go to the bathroom and you have to have a kitchen and these things, so it's very utilitarian, right? And music doesn't have to be that way, and uh, neither does film or, or or sculpture. So I'm exploring whether whether that uh, you know would be an option. You know, just leave the utilitarian aspect out at least for a while. And so we're actually now touching you know with with state studios and with also the the furniture brand that, that we're creating we're going into this direction of um actually not so much with still studio because it's it's a, it's a prefabricated modular housing concept and the but furniture itself is and, and especially in particular lamps is something that goes in this sort of sculpture direction mm -hmm. and uh yeah very exciting um new fields that are opening up that's a that's a, such a great thing about I think Bali in general. It allows you to explore so many options uh, in other. I don't know that many other places in the world where you can have such freedom to choose and to say, "Hey, I'm just going to try something new. I'm just going to do it." 
doesn't have to be right. anything. It just, I just want to do it. I'm just going to do it. You know, in other places, right. you just don't have that, the means, the, the resources, and the freedom, communal freedom as well. Not just the freedom of yourself, but people saying, oh, no, don't do that, or you shouldn't do it. You know, here people's like, yeah, right. it's quite encouraging. Uh, I think in general, no? Uh, this mm. uh, if you want to try something new, everyone's like, yeah, do it. Go for it. Why not? What do you have to lose? You have nothing to lose. Uh, mm. Which is, I always find that in Bali quite a, I always forget that, but it's actually one of the things that really drives me here is that freedom mm -hmm. to really have limitless options almost. Sometimes I find it hard to choose mm. what to do because there are so many options. <laughs> right. That's true. Um, Okay, Alexis, I'm going to let you go because I could keep talking to you for like three, another three hours. <laughs> I think <laughs> you're boring of the population. Um, thank you so much for joining me and talking to me and being so open about, about your life and about how you think and how you develop things and, yeah, everything. So it's been a real pleasure. Yeah, likewise. Thank you so much in the interest Sheila and and um, I really like what you do there with the Bali interiors and 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 you know scouting all these beautiful places I think it's um it's it's about time that that, that happened and and uh, you know someone takes takes that on and and um, because I think yeah Bali is is significant for so many things and it evokes a great sort of lifestyle that, that 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 people should explore if they if they choose to come here and then i think the designed environments are are very relevant to that because you know they're another form of 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 individual expression and i think you can like you said you can do that in whichever way you want because you know there's not much rules here so that's why it's a, an amazing bubble to be in. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. Okay. Then enjoy your evening. Thank and you. Then <laughs> goodbye. <Bye. yeah>. <laughs>